welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. I'm here with Rob Love. Um, how's it going, Rob? It's going great, Sydney. Good to be back with you. That's right. Hashtag fan favorite. Rob Love right here. That's Sydney DeLorean over there. Uh, we've got a special episode for you this week. We It's a very special episode. Uh, I think you heard me talking to Zach about how I didn't know what was going on with Kevin Spacey. And you sent me an article and I asked you if you wanted to do an episode about Kevin Spacey. Because as sometimes like the news cycle gets overwhelming. There's stories about everything coming out all at once. And it's like you don't have time to learn everything everything it's like how ben james had to catch me up on jeffrey epstein and i think this will be the catch up on kevin spacey um there's just so many dirt bags in the news i can't keep track of them all yeah everything i know about um r kelly i've learned from sex drugs and spirituality oh i'm super proud to hear that (laughs) So I'd just like to start off this episode by saying that um, I love life and I love living and I have everything to live for and I don't have any plans of um, committing suicide anytime soon um, or ever. So I just want to get that out there. If anything happens to me in the months following this recording, um, just just know that I'm a happy person and I love life and love living. Uh, likewise, I mean, I'm not a happy person, but I also have no uh, plans on killing myself because my main goal in life is to outlive all of my enemies so that I might urinate on their graves. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is why, despite having depression, I am a health fanatic because I just need to live long enough to see my enemies die, uh, preferably painful deaths. And that is what they call the will of God. Um, so so we've done our disclaimer. Have you been following the Kevin Spacey story? No, I haven't. I've basically just learned everything I know about it from doing the research for, for, for this episode. So, um, But I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on it. Um, it goes back a long time. Um, it, it's kind of the most heartbreaking thing about um, all the Me Too revelations is that um, many of these titans that are being brought down, it's not like this was their first offense. It turns out they've been uh, doing it for decades and it just was it just was um, I don't want to say socially acceptable, but it was one of those things that people ignored or brushed under the rug because, uh, you know, it just wasn't something you came forward with or, you know, you blamed yourself or whatever. So, um, yeah, so it seems like Kevin Spacey's been at it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it's kind of an open secret, kind of like with Bill Cosby. You know, there was there was rumors um there were, you know, for years that Bill Cosby was raping women, uh, just the same way that people kind of knew that Kevin Spacey was a dick grabber. Um, but, you know, it was kind of one of those things, like you said, before Me Too, you could just kind of get away with stuff in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> and people would just kind of <laughs> look the other way, but not anymore. Yeah, I am um, a friend of a friend. Um, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find the message they sent me. Um, 
a friend of a friend uh, worked on a show with Kevin Spacey and um, I'm trying, I don't want to mess up what she said. Oh, okay. Uh, so a friend of a friend worked on this show with Kevin Spacey, which I want to assume was uh, House of Cards just based on age. But I, you know, my information is vague because people are protecting themselves. Um, but they said that he would ask um, the young like teen PA to come to his trailer to recite lines with him, but wouldn't speak to anyone else on set ever. Just the teenage production assistant. Um, and this was well before any of the allegations came out so that was like her her being like that's really weird that he won't talk to anybody except for this teen boy on set who he invites to his trailer um so it must have been an open secret in hollywood and people who had worked with him had observed behavior that they uh maybe thought was suspicious yeah that's what it sounds like um so yeah, do do we want to get into like a timeline? Yeah, so I people have people have an idea. I have that article you sent me that has the timeline on it pulled up. So the, that BBC Yeah, the BBC article is really good for that. Yeah. So let's um uh let's yeah, just go through it in that order. Um, so because the allegations started coming out, it says Monday, uh, October 30th, 2017, and an actor, Anthony Rapp claimed that Spacey made sexual advances towards him when he was 14 years old. Um, he's now 46. So these yeah. allegations happened uh, 32 years ago. Um, and yeah. he, he claims he was at a party at Kevin Spacey's apartment in 1986 and that Spacey laid on top of him and tried to seduce him. Uh, and when he responded to that, Kevin Spacey said, I have no memory of these allegations um, and apologized for basically if I did it, that was totally inappropriate drunken behavior if I did it, which I don't remember doing. Um, and it's just one of those things where you're like, OK, but also you shouldn't have had a 14 year old at your apartment, basically like. Yeah. You can't say, oh, that was embarrassing drunken behavior because all of the sober things that led up to that happening should not have happened. Like, why Why are yeah. you in your 30s having a bunch of teens over to your apartment or to drink? Because I just think back to when I was yeah. 15, I had a friend at school who she was 17 or 18 and her boyfriend was 22 and we would go to parties at his house with his friends. So he's 22 and his friends were you know 22 to 30 and so I'm a 15 year old at a town home getting drunk with people in their 20s like that just shouldn't have happened um because then it is setting the, number one it's illegal number two it's setting the stage for now you have people drinking around each other and like when with drinking one thing leads to another you know what i mean um so, like, I, I often will have customers say to me, like, oh, we need to party sometime. Like, you'd be so much fun to party with. And then I have to break the news to them that I don't drink. But even if I did, like, I don't think that me getting, let's say, like, I'm I'm a woman. I'm in a committed relationship. I don't need to go get drunk with a bunch of dudes. You know what I mean? Like, it sets the stage for bad decision making. So, like, even if I drank, I wouldn't be 
going and getting shit faced with with like I don't know male customers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. it's just you gotta like listen. I'm a binge eater. I don't keep candy in my house because I'm gonna eat that fucking candy. It's going in my mouth. That's what's going on. I'm not trying to victim blame the food, but if it didn't want me to eat it, it wouldn't be so delicious. So, um, yeah, if you're a predator and you have proclivities towards uh, underage people, you should probably try to stay away from them instead of invite them over to your house and drink with them. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I believe Kevin Spacey was 26. Um at the time of that incident. So 26-year-old and a 14-year-old, yeah, pretty inappropriate. He's old enough to know better at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like... Did I, you... It's weird, though, because then you go, okay, yeah. well, he's it's not as bad as if he was 35. And then you're like, wait, no, both are an adult. Both are an adult. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you happen to read during your research? I read this that um, Kevin Spacey was molested by his dad as a kid. Oh, I did not read that. Um, yeah. So not that it excuses any of his behavior, but it does sort of shed light on maybe what the foundation that it was built on. Maybe he didn't have the best upbringing or childhood, Well, and um, it, it which can, is unfortunate, you know. It cannot be overstated that most abusers were victims themselves, and we're talking both um, physical and sexual abusers. Most people who go on to be abusive were abused as child, and it, that is why they call it a cycle. Um, and it's not yeah. an excuse, obviously, because um, it is your responsibility to seek help, treatment, control your actions, and it's not having experienced abuse is not a blank check to then go on to commit it. It's just explaining the psychology of how these things happen. Um, and it's something we saw in um, Surviving R. Kelly Part 2. Um, they uh, they had some new victims speak and several of them said they had been victims of underage sexual abuse by friends or family members. And one of the things that they connected to R. Kelly on, one of the things they thought like, oh, we're close. Um, one woman in particular was his hairdresser and she said she felt like he was her big brother because she, you know, they had hearts to hearts and he told her about his experience uh, being a sexually abused as a child and she opened up about hers and um, then when he went on to abuse her, she felt super violated because she's like, I told him about what happened to me and how horrible it was and he told me about what happened to him and how horrible it was and now here he is doing it to me um but some people will uh often um write excuse write excuses for their abuser's behavior by saying oh well you know they're not a bad person they're doing this because something bad happened to them and uh you know that was definitely my experience being in an abusive relationship is I would say, oh, well, he doesn't mean to do these things. He's just mentally ill or he's struggling or this or that. Instead of being like, it doesn't matter what his background is. It's still wrong. So, yeah, it, right. it is it is not statistically. It is not surprising that Kevin Spacey was abused as a child. Yep. 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 So so that's the uh, was nap. Andrew Knapp, was that his name? I'm, I'm terrible with names, and I don't have the list in front of me. But 
So that was the opening salvo in, what, 2017 that came out? Yeah, and when that came out, Kevin Spacey used it as an opportunity to come out of the closet, which a lot of people were upset about because basically the the allegations had nothing to do with sexuality. It had to do with inappropriate sexual behavior. And Kevin Spacey said, well, you know, if that happened, it was an embarrassing drunken mistake. Oh, and by the way, I'm gay. Um, and I think yeah. he was thinking that that would divert attention from the assault to, oh, congratulations, you're finally Everyone's, coming out of the closet. Yes, everyone celebrate me uh, yeah. because I'm so brave. Yeah, I'm, I'm bravely coming out. Yeah, and meanwhile, yes, it's a it's an obvious ploy to kind of hide behind a shield of like, I don't know, whatever. See, I'm uh, whatever. Yeah, it, proud and loud. <laughs> yeah, it's it's waving a, a false flag to say everyone look over here and not don't look behind the curtain, you know. Um, yeah. And so when that yeah. happened, Netflix suspended work on House of Cards. They were like, we're going to take a break, even though we're in the middle of doing a season, we're going to investigate these things. Um, and also, uh, he, apparently Kevin Spacey was supposed to get a, a special Emmy that year from uh, the International Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. And then they were like, uh, in light of recent events, we're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, yep. And that was shortly after this was all like right at kind of at the beginning of the Me Too thing. Like Harvey Weinstein had been like outed at that point so kevin spacey was kind of like right after right on the heels of that if i'm not mistaken it was real close like the timeline's real close yeah it's almost like it's so great that um so many basically i think in the past three years the general public has gotten a master class in what abuse and victimization looks like um but it's happened there's been so many cases that have come out. I think a lot of people have experienced fatigue where now they tune out or they think this possibly can't all be true. And it's like, no, it's it's just it's all it, the reason there is so much abuse is because it gets swept under the rug until recently. Yeah. Um. But yeah, right after that allegation, apparently Kevin Spacey was uh for a while he was an artistic director for this theater called the old Vic in London and um, allegations started to come out about uh, nasty encounters that people had working for him there, actors and production assistants, um, which I can't imagine the position of being like, Oh, I really want to work in theater. And now I'm working for this renowned theater for this renowned director and star. And um, he, pull some grab ass shit on you and you ignore it because this is your break this is your one career break and you're like I don't want to be the one squeaky wheel because that basically it's a it's a it's a tyrant situation right because you're a nobody you have a break but the person who allowed that has abused you and what are you going to do give up everything to expose them and especially with the knowledge that Oftentimes victims aren't believed. So these people for years working for him there were being victimized and no one said anything. And it just took one person coming out publicly to now everyone comes out of the woodwork and is like, oh, yeah, no, that's true. 
Yeah, he was the artist, artist, uh, artistic director at the Old Vic Theater for like, what was it like 12 years or something? Like he was there for a long time. And over the course of his run, uh, apparently, well, you know, afterwards, after the fact, like 20 people came forward with accusations of either straight up grab assery or, you know, things that verged on inappropriate. But none of them at the time went to the police. Um, because like you said, it was, you know, just kind of like swept under the rug and just kind of an accepted, you know, it's just like, yeah, well, you know, you got to put up with that kind of stuff if you want to make it or whatever. <laughs> but, so um, did you people know, come after the, did, after the whole, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. So did people try to come forward while he was still there? Were there reports that people kind of came to other people within the theater organization and said, Hey, I'm having issues with him. I don't believe that I'm not sure when the old Vic became aware, like when the management became aware of these accusations. I want to say it was long after the fact. Okay, good. Um, I, th- I think it was after the whole Me Too thing came out and all the people started accusers started coming out of the woodwork that like it became obvious that, you know, like, oh, wow, 20 people who, you know, worked with him. Mm-hmm. uh or I think it was like 16 people that worked with him and four others that whatever, um, but all associated with the old Vic theater um, yeah, came out um, with allegations, but none of them were, um, none of them were taken to the police for official charges. I believe, I don't think any of those actually, you know, resulted in any act, you know, official accusations or anything. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, and yeah. also the timeline says that uh, in October 2017, U.S. filmmaker Tony Montana claims he was forcefully groped by Spacey in a Los Angeles bar in 2003. Um, and so it's uh, it, the interesting thing about that is that Kevin Spacey uh, seems to, as we move through his history, he just... He is a buckshot abuser. So some abusers are very specific about who they choose as a victim. Um, R. Kelly, uh, William Control, these are people who um, pick kind of nobodies and they tend to... um, put their sights like groom them they groom them and they put their sights on people who um have already been victimized so a lot of the grooming has already been done it's people who have mental health issues have been victimized are disadvantaged less fortunate because these are people who are less likely to uh have a way of speaking out against them right you know if you're impoverished you're not hiring a lawyer um and so, uh, but Kevin Spacey, it's a buckshot approach. He's he's uh, grabbing uh, anyone from production assistants to wannabe actors <laughs> to big name directors. We'll get, and yeah, and yeah, later a son uh, of a Hollywood star. And then even the husband of a Norwegian princess. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! We'll, we'll get to we'll we'll get to that later, but that's that yeah that's that's a crazy one. So yeah, he's he's touching peepees and laying on top of people. Yeah, that um, seems to be his move too. Is that he has dudes over, like he has drunken parties at his loft, and everyone passes out there because that's what you do. You know, when you're shit faced and you can't get yourself home, you crash crash at the party, and then his move is to just crawl on top of people, like literally, like what? 
What is what is that move? You think that you're gonna crawl on top of them and they're in their drowsiness? They're gonna be like, oh yeah, fuck me, Kevin Spacey. Like, or or is it more likely that they're gonna wake up and be like, wait, why the who the fuck is laying on me? What? It's just a weird move, is I all think, I'm saying. Yeah, um, there was I think one of the accusers in London said that I forget how old he was, but um, basically woke up, you know, just like you said, kind of woke up from a drunken stupor and Kevin Spacey was performing a sex act on him. Um, and I guess, you know, Kevin Spacey's got to be thinking, you know, who doesn't like mouth kisses on their dingus? So, you know, if he just wakes up feeling good, he's going to let me keep going, right? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> there's there's an art to the sleep creep is what Shu calls it. And, um, like, first rule of sleep creeping is that you need to consent to it. So, like, she had a conversation with her husband, like, you know, like, if you come home and I'm asleep, I'm totally into it if you, you know, kind of start making the moves on me. Like... But that's her husband who she's giving consent to, like, hey, sleep creep on me. That's going to be hot. Um, it's a different story if it's someone who isn't your sexual partner. And even if they are your sexual partner, I feel like you need to, like, I mean, consent is always important, right? Um, but, like, yeah, someone. Clear who, it ahead of time. Yeah. yeah, someone who's not even your sexual partner, and then you just start performing sex sex on them while they're sleeping, because that is. That's assault. They did not consent to that. Um, so, yeah, it's a weird fetish. It's the same thing. Those people who have, like, death fetishes and, like, it's a role-playing thing. And you have a conversation with your partner, like, oh, I want you to pretend to be asleep. I want you to pretend to be dead. Like, you have a conversation um, before you engage in the act. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a power move. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's... What it all boils down to is he thought he could get away with it because of the position he was in, you know. Um, yeah, I call, knew that I call it taking liberties where he's just used to getting what he wants. He's rich. He's powerful. He's famous. He gets what he wants. And so he doesn't ask permission. He just takes it because he's used to being granted what he wants. And it goes back to like Trump's whole grab him by the pussy thing. He's like, yeah, you just grab him by the pussy. Like and it's like, wait, what? Do you also just walk into random people's homes? Because I wait to be invited and then I get there and I ring the doorbell and they answer the door and then they invite me in and I ask them if they want me to take my shoes off. Um, you know, but like <laughs> these people are just Kimmy Gibblering it. They're just walking into homes. It's that it's breaking and entering. But the sexual version of it where they just they're used to taking it. And there's that sort of macho attitude where it's like, if you want something, you got to go out there and take it. Take the grab the world by the balls, grab women by the pussies. And you're like, nah, nah dude, you got to ask for things. Where's your fucking manners? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And <clears throat> also at the time, you know, in the, you know cultural climate of the time or whatever he was never checked really you know i mean i don't think people had the they didn't feel safe coming out against him you know because of whatever for whatever reason um but you know that was then this is now i think times were a lot different back then he never he never came up against a wall of like no you can't do that 
It was always like, well, that didn't work. I'll try again later on a different person, maybe. But there was never any real consequences to his actions. I I also wonder how much of being gay played a component in this, because before before the current era where people can come out of the closet and they can be open about their sexuality um you know people lived in the closet and so not as much was understood about homosexuality the the quote-unquote gay lifestyle um and we were trained to look the other way so you if you had a gay child you would just say oh him and his roommate or he's a perpetual bachelor and and kevin spacey being a closeted star um living in the celluloid closet i wonder how much of that played a part in him getting away with things because people simply turned his turned their they turn their back or they turn their eye uh, about anything about him sexually, right? Like you just almost didn't look, didn't acknowledge it. So like if there's, if Kevin Spacey is inviting a teen boy into his trailer, you're just like, I don't know. We just, we're, we're, we are turning all of our blind eyes to that. We don't know what's happening in there. We don't pay attention to that because it's, it's off limits for us to think about. Did I, did it's I articulate kind of the that same- well? No, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it, it's kind of, it reminds me of um, Jeff Smith, the frugal gourmet. You know, he was like looked up towards, a, looked up to as a mentor and, you know, influential person who could maybe help you get into the industry or, or whatever. Um, that people just looked the other way and it was just sort of a, you know, like a dark secret, every, open secret. People kind of knew about it. And uh, even after the like after the Jeff Smith um, episode that we did, um, I got contacted by someone uh, on Twitter who lives around here who was like, oh, yeah, my best friend, whatever, had some sort of like firsthand experience with all of that. And it was well known at the time, you know, but just nobody did anything about it, (laughs) you know, because it's almost now people are. Yeah. It's almost like you didn't ask questions about someone's private life, especially if they were homosexual. So, like, if you all are working on the same movie together and um, everyone's saying, oh, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Um, And what'd you do this weekend, Kevin? He's like, oh, you know, I mostly hung out at home. People aren't delving into his private life because they know that he's in the closet. So they're being more respectful of his privacy. And then it allows him to operate even more under the the cover of darkness, I guess. Um, Yeah. And then there's the whole shame component to being a victim in that, you know, in that respect. Like, I feel like back then it was more shameful to come out as an accuser than it was to, you know, to just speak your truth. Like these days, I think the whole me too thing has just like given people the power to be like, this isn't right. I'm going to speak up for myself back then. They just didn't for whatever reason, it was just like submit to the power dynamic and just like try and get along to get, you know, go along to get along. And now people are like, you know kind of fed up with that nonsense well on our on our recent pup dates we talked about like the false virtue of the grind economy and going oh i'm always on the grind like and that's seen as virtuous and there's 
there was a there was a false virtue in being like I would never be victimized basically like I'm too good for that I would never fall into that trap so people didn't understand how someone ended up being victimized and then it creates an embarrassment to come forward because there because of the victim blaming and the the shame associated with it like how could I let that happen to me or not even acknowledging your abuse um when I when I was raped, I it took me a long time to even be able to admit to myself that what happened was rape. And and objectively, there were no blurred lines in that scenario. I was violently raped. I was a minor and I was violently raped by an adult. Like there's no blurred lines, but it took a long time for me to be able to even in my own mind admit that what happened was rape because I didn't want to be a victim. And so, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, well that wasn't exactly consensual or that got out of hand or I shouldn't have been there um, because you don't even want to admit to yourself like I am a victim. It's really hard. It's it's as a chronically ill person who has like a serious chronic illness that does debilitate me in a lot of ways. I don't like admitting that. You know, I, I we don't like admitting our weaknesses. Uh, I don't like being like, oh, yeah, no, like I physically can't do some things that other people do. Or like we don't like admitting that like we have economic restraints and that's why people get in trouble with credit cards and stuff because they it's really hard if all your friends are like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to dinner and a movie. It's really hard to say, oh, I like I can't afford that like I'm poor it's hard to admit to yourself that you're poor you know and so people spend money that they don't have and so yeah it's just it's it's hard to admit to yourself I have been victimized because you say how did I let that happen um and and it's something that you have to then work work through in therapy to go in because I don't know listen I'm I'm not as astute therapeutically on like the the psychology of victimhood. I just know that like for me acknowledging that in a way like I was complicit in my abuse. You know what I mean? Because I was I was so broken down mentally. I I wasn't strong enough to leave even though I sh- I clearly should have, right? And I I think that's what happens. I don't know. I'm just ranting. But um but yeah, so I think, you know, 30 years ago, you you could wake up with Kevin Spacey laying on you and not fully realize that that was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad times have changed. Uh, it, it's a, it is a much better era. I am very happy for young people who are growing up with like, listen, it's an overwhelming time uh, to follow sexual abuse in the news it is an overwhelming time but it's really important because it's allowing the next generations to be able to recognize abuse before it happens and to be able to speak out and reach for help if it does happen um and so like nip it in the butt nip it in the bud so that you know to prevent the further abuse of other victims too i think that's the main empowering thing that um, has come about that's that's really positive about this is people understand their own power as victims to prevent the further victimhood of others you know um, so that's admirable I think that's that's a really good that's a really good development in our society oh you know? 
And I'm forever thankful for the victims who come forward and give they give a full explicit retelling of their story, which is very difficult and it can be re-victimizing to tell the story of events but it's so helpful to outsiders because if we don't know the full narrative and all the ugly details people say that's unbelievable that couldn't happen how could that have happened and once you learn the story and the details and how it progressed then it leaves you more educated where now like for example your daughter's growing up in a world where before someone can commit an act of abuse on her she could they could say something funny and she can acknowledge like that was weird that thing that they said and she can go to her dad and say this person said this thing to me that was weird what's up with that and you guys can have a dialogue and then it it nips the abuse in the bud before it even happens it's just being able to recognize early warning signs of a person you know an early warning sign of a person would be that they are a grown adult and they have loft parties full of teenagers and like a young person could go is that weird and an adult can say yeah that's that's weird you shouldn't be going there yeah for sure I we both listen to uh, my favorite murder and uh, my little kid is basically a little murderino i haven't introduced her to that podcast yet but one of the main messages is you know for them is like a lot of victim you know empowerment and uh especially with the stuff about kids which i always find so heart-wrenching obviously but like um you know i've told my daughter you know grown-ups don't need children's help ever yeah like don't help someone find their puppy and you know i've told her that and she's like i know i know and it's like okay good that's good that you know that (laughs) you know yeah i mean oh speaking of i mean i i don't know if i told the story on the pod about how i pulled into the parking lot at my work and this car followed me in and i was sitting in my car answering a text before going into work and this grown big man comes and gets out of his SUV and knocks on my window and is trying to tell me this story about how he ran out of gas and he forgot his wallet at home and blah 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 and I'm like I'm sorry I don't have any money to give you and he's like well can you at least you know come with me to the gas station and buy me gas no (laughs) and I was like and and because you know I'm a murderito and it's a it's a dialogue that we have now where I'm just like what the no fuck off and I was mad that I even rolled down my window um right to, you know yeah. uh I just was like I like stayed in my car and waited for him to leave before I uh walked into work because I was even scared to unlock my doors and get out of my car but yeah like that's sort of uh you know somebody going I, I need your help like no you don't fuck you Ted Bundy you know what? I thinking about it, it seems like so much of the uh, people's reluctance to step forward back in the the olden days, <laughs> it's kind of stemmed from like um, people wanting to put out this image that the world is safe and um, you know we're, people are mainly good and just kind of trying to like prop up that you know, view of reality or whatever, that perception. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess the, yeah, I mean. It, it's, the, it's something just, I we, struggle with because it's like, you don't want to constantly be negative and on edge and distrusting, right? Like you, that's not how you want to move right. through the world. But then right. also 
there's something wrong with having a total failure to acknowledge that life is really, really hard um, and that there are a lot of bad things out there. And so, and it like, it ruins everyone's day, right? If you're like, oh yeah, this person that you guys all love did something bad to me. And you can feel guilt as a victim saying, you know, hey, Kevin Spacey touched my dick without my consent. Um, you could feel bad. Like, well, I don't want to ruin his whole life. And like, and there's a lot of victims who try to protect their abuser. And the R. Kelly girl said it and the Michael Jackson uh, boy said it where they're like, I, it, to this day, it like hurts me, the thought of him in jail. Like that just, the, it hurts me. I don't, and a lot of victims, it'll, they say like, we don't even want to see them punished. We just want them to stop abusing we want the abuse to stop uh so it's it's weird it's it's very weird um but you know with the 24-hour news cycle I think blaring it has to have bad stuff to talk about all the time it it maybe has helped people be able to say like you know admit to negative things that is a good point actually yeah about the news cycle stuff yeah just constantly looking for bad bad actors and whatnot like that has kind of ramped up in recent years which uh, which is ma- uh. i think made it like listen i don't i don't enjoy a 24-hour news cycle i think it's caused a lot of no. uh it's it's a sickness but i i think that um it, it has maybe helped people be able to admit um you know or come forward about abusers right it has been helpful in that so um I, back to our timeline uh we we have a um, in November 2017 a man says he woke up to find Spacey lying on him while staying at uh, Spacey's New York home in the mid 1980s and the man was 17 at the time uh a British man claimed that Spacey exposed himself to him in 2010 when he was working at a hotel in West Sussex. Um, He was a bartender there. He was 19 at the time. And Kevin Spacey exposed himself to him and invited him up to his room. And later, the actor gave him a watch worth $5,000. Yes. And at this time, uh, Spacey's publicists are like, he's uh, taking the time necessary to seek evaluation and treatment. Yeah. Which is always like, what? Well, Weinstein went to treatment. What fucking treatment do you go to for being a sexual think, predator? Exactly. They they stated that it was unspecified treatment, right? Yeah. No? Yeah, <laughs> unspecified treatment. Maybe another massage. Another massage. So let's get into the, there's, okay, sorry to bury the lead, everybody, but part of the reason that we started, that we decided to do this episode is that in the year 2019, three of Kevin Spacey's accusers mysteriously died. Yet within Um, short order of each other. Pretty, yeah. I mean, I think they were spaced out. The weirdest thing is that video that he put out on Christmas Eve. Yeah, what was that? I haven't seen it. Oh, God. He comes, comes on as Frank Underwood from that netflix show that i've never seen uh, by the way kevin i love your work um american beauty amazing that plastic bag scene oh i mean what could be better right yeah. seven hello everybody seven come on 
<laughs> oh, I mean, let's not forget about uh, what was the other one he was in? Reservoir Dogs or whatever. Anyway, love your work, Mr. Spacey. Love pay your work. It forward. And I love living and I love life. What's that? I said, pay it. The movie Pay It Forward, where he's a dude with scars on his face and he uh, has some sort of relationship to Haley Joel Osmond. I, I don't remember the movie that well, but Helen Hunt's in it. Amazing performance. Great. Amazing performance. And both Sydney and I love living and love <laughs> life. <laughs> however, however, uh, yeah, in 2019, three of his accusers mysteriously came up dead. The the, the last of which um, was the, uh, it was Christmas Day that the... Um, ex-husband of a Norwegian crown princess um, killed him, committed suicide. Uh, But the day before, on Christmas Eve, Kevin Spacey put out that creepy video um, in the character of Frank Underwood saying, kill him with kindness. The next time someone comes at you with things that you don't like, you can lash out, or you can do the unexpected. You can kill him with kindness. And then the following day, one of his accusers committed committed suicide, um, which it's hard to link the two. The, here's the thing, though. The family, none of the details about the cause of death have come out um, from that guy. Bane? Bean? Um, what was his name? Something I, Bean? Um, which I have the massage therapist person. That's... Um, uh huh. And then we have. And then Culkin, Lin, Linda Culkin is another one that happened earlier in 2019. Um, the massage therapist happened, I think, like in October or something. But the one that happened most recently was this. Uh, he's a uh, Dutch-born, I believe. He was born in uh, somewhere, but he was like uh, the. He was married to a Norwegian princess. He was an artist. Um, an author, um, Bean, B-E-H-N was his last name. I believe it's pronounced Bean. Okay. But, so, yeah, so he apparently committed suicide, but none of the details uh, regarding his cause of death have been um, made public. So that just kind of opens the door for a lot of speculation um, the first one that happened this year, that Linda Culkin lady, uh-huh. um, she was apparent. She was apparently like a, a nurse's assistant, um, and some of her some of her patients had come forward saying, you know, with with allegations of abuse from Kevin Spacey, and this is back in like 2004 or something, maybe 2009. But uh, she started. She started basically stalking him and um, putting out death threats and even at one point sent an envelope filled with white powder to mm. like Kevin Spacey and his people or something like that. Wait, what? She was a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This she kind of went... She. This is the mom yeah. or the ex-wife of a victim. I'm so sorry. No. This is um, a nurse, a nurse's assistant, who had worked with patients of hers who had um, 
come forth to her, you know, came forward to her about accusations against Kevin Spacey. And she kind of went renegade and um, vigilante and um, started stalking Kevin Spacey. And like I said, like making random death threats and stuff. And she eventually was um, convicted of, I forget the exact, you know, whatever wording of the conviction but she was she was sent to prison for like 51 months whoa over four years yeah she was sent to sent to jail for over four years for her her you know weird actions and then uh earlier this year she was i forget where she lived it might have been new york city um she basically was on her way home stepped off a curb and a speeding vehicle ran her down mowed her over um, killed her. Eventually, I think she might have died in the hospital later or something. But um, so the driver, you know, stayed on the scene, didn't appear to have any signs of, um, uh, you know, intoxication or anything. Cooperated, but it's I don't know. It's still kind of a little bit weird, um, especially when you factor in the other two. <laughs> Um, deaths of his accusers over the, over that year. So the second one was the 62-year-old massage therapist who back in, it was several years ago, uh, three, maybe three or four years ago, something like that, had, you know, been hired by Kevin Spacey, um, went to his home in Malibu, or no, it was a home... It was a, a home in Malibu that had been rented by a pro- the production company of whatever project Kevin Spacey was working on at the time. So this massage therapist gets called out for a house call to this Malibu home. Kevin Spacey leads him to an upsp- upstairs bedroom, locks the door behind them, gets on the massage table, and as the massage is going on... Um, mis- Kevin Spacey grabs the guy's hand and puts puts it to his junk. And that happened like a couple of times apparently throughout this massage. And uh and then the guy was like, No, I'm not I'm not into it. And Kevin Spacey at that point's like, Well, let me just blow you then. <laughs> and, Jesus. And then at some point he finally convinces him to unlock the door and let him go. So he got away, you know, whatever. Um and then you know, a few years later, after all the Me Too stuff comes out and, for you know, other ac- accusers come out, this massage therapist presses charges. And um, he does it anonymously as John Doe, which Kevin Spacey's lawyers had a, you know, big problem with. How can you accuse me without, you know, anonymously or whatever? And it's like, well, because I don't want you to kill me, jerk. <laughs> you know? And so... Um, Earlier this year, last year, I think it was October or something, um, this massage therapist, John Doe, died um, again with uh, the, the, like, the cause of death has not been made public, um, whatnot. But uh, so then I believe that. So his estate had to continue. This was an ongoing investigation. So upon the the accuser's death, his estate had to then take over control of the, you know, uh, like the case or whatever. Yeah. And at some point they decided to drop the case. 
um, without prejudice, meaning that it can it can't be those accusations can't be made again. Basically, like this case is dropped with prejudice, meaning it's done for. Like you're done. Yeah. There's no more case. Um, and I don't recall if there was any. Uh, I don't, I think Kevin Spacey's attorneys came out and said no payments were made. There was no money changing hands for this or something like that. Um, so that's a little sketchy. Then you got Linda Culkin earlier, and then you've got this, um, former, you know, Norwegian, he's not, he was never a Norwegian prince, but he was married to a Norwegian princess, um, yeah, but then it know, looks like death. he um, he uh, came out in 2017 um, because uh, he was uh, on a Norwegian radio station and he said, I have a little Me Too story about Kevin Spacey. And um, I'm just going to read this quote. He said, we were having a nice chat where we spoke about theater and drama in the little theater and um we had a good conversation sitting beside each other after five minutes he said hey let's go out and have a cigarette and then he grabbed me under the table right by the balls um and so it wasn't it's not like he was saying oh i was raped or this or that i mean it's um i hate to say like a minor accusation but we have who's a he's a big name person he's a celebrity person and Unfortunately, we do give known people, we give more credit to what they're saying. If it's someone who's just like a massage therapist, the general public will, oh, he's just looking for fame. He's money grabbing. But if it's a famous person, we listen to them more, even though we should listen to everyone. So now we have like a big name person saying, oh, yeah, no, this stuff that people say Kevin Spacey does he does like he did it to me uh, i think it was at like a nobel prize ceremony or some shit it was like at a really it was it it was at a um it was after a concert after the nope it was a nobel awards concert okay or something that i believe i want to say this guy was the th- this bean guy was like the host of or something yeah and um so it was during the you know that after party kind of a thing in public that this took place and yeah the bean guy was like yeah um maybe later and then he just left you know um but yeah so that came out Uh uh-huh it's interesting because people say that Linda Calkin was like some sources say she's the stalker who sends these bomb threats and yada 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 and then other sites just call her a whistleblower um right so i don't know yeah, she, enough about the story crossed, she kind of crossed the line a little bit it sounds like she went a little too hard in the vigilante um realm uh rather than cause, I was don't know. she it's doing those like she, things because she knew he was an abuser um yes okay yes she, yeah her patience at whatever i forget where she was a nurse at but um, apparently more than one of her patients had come forward to her with accusation, accusations against Kevin Spacey. And she just kind of like took the reins from there and was like, I'll put a stop to it. <laughs> and huh. started making a, making a big stink. But I think that was before the Me Too thing. So that kind of speaks to 
you know, like accusers didn't really feel like they had any power back then. It was I sort guess. of like, well, that's water under the bridge. What are you going to do now? Like you should have got a rape kit at the time or, you know, whatever. Um, so she, she took it to heart and uh, really went after Kevin Spacey and it didn't, didn't really work out to her benefit, unfortunately. Well, it looks like, no I don't bad. know. She may have been unwell. Because uh, it, it looks like she wasn't the only person he was sending. She was sending bomb threats and stuff to. Um, I'm not saying I, I. I'm not saying that she wasn't a victim or didn't have information. But it looks like he wasn't the only person that she had her eye on. Which, if she's unwell, it does make it more likely. Because it says like when she walked into traffic that. Um, like it was a green light and she just walked into traffic. And so if she, if she's this person who's, you know, sending death threats and bombs and white powder to a lot of people, then, you know, maybe it makes it more likely that she would uh, commit suicide. Or Well, I don't even know if it was committing suicide. I mean, she walked um, into traffic. Like it wasn't, traffic wasn't yeah. stopped. She walked into moving traffic is what the reports are saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. Her cousin says, Linda was one of the first to accuse Kevin of attacking young men. I find it odd you don't hear anything more about her accident or the person who hit her. Um, well, let's see. She became, uh, she began cyber stalking Spacey in 2009. Oh, okay. She's, okay. So Linda Culkin was a nurse. I should have done all of this before we started recording. Linda Culkin was a nurse who reportedly began cyber-stalking Spacey in 2009 after one of her patients accused Spacey of attacking him. Uh, Culkin had been arrested in 2012 for stalking Spacey. Uh, she had to pay $124,000 restitution to compensate Spacey for the bodyguards he hired during the two-year stretch when she harassed him. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh... Okay, and in her sentencing, she said, I have some mental health issues. I was overzealous. I copped to that. I didn't mean to be so harsh. Um, okay, so yeah, it was it was started by her hearing that he was a... Uh, he assaulted people. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then, okay, so can we talk about how he um, put the moves on Richard Dreyfuss's son? Oh yeah, I, I did read about that a little bit. Um, it apparently it was at like some sort of an after party, at, like maybe at Richard Dreyfus's house. Yeah, or it was something. at Richard, Richard Dreyfus's Dreyf house. And the boy, his son, was like, was he eighteen at the time? Yeah, he was a he was a teen. Uh huh. And then so like at this party while Richard Dreyfus was there, Kevin Spacey, like, put the moves on his son, like, grabbed his junk? Yeah, that's, that's fucking bold, don't you think? Yeah, everything he's done is bold so far. I mean, like, he, <laughs> he comes at it with the attitude of, like, yeah, I'm gonna get away with it, and if not, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it says he was 18, um, and that... Uh, the quote at the top of the article is he knew he could fondle me in a room with my father and that I wouldn't say a word. He knew I wouldn't have had the guts and I didn't. Um, and so, yeah. In, wow. Ooh. In that article. That's haunting. Yeah. In that article, 
Um, he says that basically it he thought it was such a minor thing and um, he, you know, thought it wasn't worthy coming forward to. And now in the Me Too era, um, he sees that when it comes to sexual abuse, there is no such thing as a minor assault. That is a very powerful statement. Um, and so uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Okay, he come to visit for Christmas break at his father's house. The three of us were alone. Oh, in Kevin's apartment, rehearsing uh, his father's lines. Um, he doesn't really, I don't know why I'm, I want to know what, he doesn't really describe what happened. But he said his father wasn't aware of what happened, even though it was just the three of us um, in the apartment. So, uh, yeah, yeah okay. I think I think he just I think he just grabbed his junk. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, grab the back of the seat, lifted the chair, carry it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm not going to read all this on air. But yeah, he grabbed his junk <laughs> and um, yeah. got away with, got got away away with, with it. it. Yeah. And then let's go to the um that kid in Nantucket at that bar in Nantucket. This happened in like 2017. Like I mean this was like after this is like the one of the later ones, but like Kevin Spacey's at this bar and there's this 18-year-old kid in there and um Kevin Spacey's buying him drinks and uh at some point they're they're sitting together like side by side kevin spacey unzips the guy's pants and starts fondling his genitals and meanwhile this kid is like i have this is crazy like kevin spacey's playing with my junk he snapchats it to his girlfriend (laughs) and sends snapchat i love that since Send Snapchat videos of Kevin Spacey fondling his junk to his girlfriend going, this is crazy. What's going on right now? Is this happening? And um, so that happened. And then, like, at some point, the guy, the kid just, like, gets up and leaves. But when he tries to, like, later on, he he comes forth as an accuser. But there's some question about, like, he stopped cooperating with authorities trying to investigate it. The eighteen-year-old the did, um, and he 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 um, refused to give them his cell phone, like as evidence. Oh, and so the whole case the whole case was dropped. Basically, like nothing ever happened from it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just so weird and then the fact that it happened in like 2017 like while the heat was on yeah or might have been right before but just like so brazen crazy yeah well and then that documents that like the first accusations coming out are from the mid 80s so we have 30 years of abuse this dude did not change because no one stopped him until now no he did not oh i have a good one too um in 2002, I believe it was, Jeffrey Epstein, 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 um, uh, transported, he funded the a flight 
with Bill Clinton, uh-huh. Kevin Space, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker to Africa. Like all three of those flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, private plane, the Lolita to Express. Yeah, right. Um, so they all flew to Africa, and uh, it was for like some sort of um, HIV AIDS charity type situation or whatever but there we have this is crazy kevin spacey on an epstein flight with bill clinton jesus (laughs) it's just insane right do you think i don't go ahead sorry no no you go ahead do you think that there uh, what degree to which are you Sorry, let me use words properly. To what degree are you a conspiracy theory person? Um, Do you think that... Do you think that he had these accusers killed? I mean, do you think all these pedophiles know each other? Do you think Chris Tucker is now a suspect? What's going on? I don't think Chris Tucker is suspect, although I don't have any reason to say that. I just feel like he was maybe you know the token black guy because they were going to africa so they're like let's bring a black guy yeah um for sure kevin spacey and bill clinton are both um serial like (laughs) aggressors sexual you know um predators Uh uh-huh uh the fact that they're tied up with epstein in even the slightest amount is a little concern concerning um I have my own suspicions that possibly Kevin Spacey could be involved with the the um, the royal palace. Let's get. I mean, I, it, it's not for this episode, but the fact that Prince Andrew. Um, did you hear the BBC interview with Prince Andrew talking about whether or not he um, raped a seventeen-year-old girl, and he's like. Which 17-year-old girl? Hmm. No, that one doesn't sound familiar. No. Uh, if you've ever if you haven't heard it, go listen to the BBC interview with Prince Andrew talking about his involvement with, you know, some pedophilia stuff and it's so damning <laughs> the way he the way he defends himself live on air was a disaster. Um but then there's also like Prince Philip, the Queen Elizabeth's husband, Prince Philip, who's like 99 years old now or something. Yeah, um, isn't he a some pedophile? Speculation... Yep, there's some definite speculation that he's a pedophile. Um, I think it goes this whole thing. I think Epstein and the you know the 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 royal whatever stuff, Clinton. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. I think it's all connected. I wonder how deeply Kevin Spacey is connected. I don't know. Um, he seems more like a rogue kind of guy. I don't know if he was rich enough to gain the attention of Je- Jeffrey Epstein. You know, I don't think he was on the inner fold because Kevin Spacey wasn't a billionaire. He was only a hundred millionaire. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Epstein only went after, you know, only went for the billionaires. But, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that may come to light. Hopefully it comes to light soon. But there's some stuff that we don't know yet that's out there that, I don't know, it's it's pretty creepy. And it does kind of speak to a 
I don't know, like a global rich person cabal of, you know, sex rings and whatever. It's weird. Whether whether you want to go at it from a conspiracy point of view of like, oh, well, they're just trying to get like, um, like a, a blackmailing type situation. That's kind of what I think it is. But yeah, um, and also, but it's out there. There's. There's a thing we forget as culture has become kind of globalized through digital communication and media. We forget how culture is not universal. And so that there can be pockets of humanity where things are acceptable or normal that you wouldn't think. So like there's things that like, poor people will do that like out of necessity that are normal for them and like someone with money would be like what the fuck are you doing like um and then there are things that rich people will do that just like people outside of that circle would be appalled by that maybe are normal within that society um and so like it's just like you know, when anthropologists study different tribes and their behaviors and their rituals that are totally normal for them. And like as an outsider, you're like, whoa, that's wild. I assume that there are things that people within the billionaire class do that are just everyday life to them that we can't even fathom. And it seems that one of those things is taking private planes, the islands to have sex with underage girls like so you know the the yeah i there the things that happen behind the closed doors of cultures that i'm not privy to i mean i wouldn't be surprised i know that with harry and megan leaving the royal family i i think the insinuation is they're leaving because of the royal family you know hiding pedophilia murdering his mother um I've read that he has a legitimate concern that uh, the royal family may have his wife killed um, to avoid having a mixed race child be part of the royal bloodline. So, like, you know, I've, I think there's a lot of shady things that happen um, in those upper echelons. And it seems like Kevin Spacey is, was super integrated into the upper crust of British society for sure. Oh, yeah, because of his royal, of course, the old Royal Vic or whatever it was called. Yeah, of course, right there in London. Yeah, so he's, oh my God. he's in with them, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Oh, my God. I think we just broke the case wide open, Sydney, yeah. right here on Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. Well, that's what we do here. As we uh, we break open, <laughs> we expose we expose the predators of the world. We're doing the Lord's work. Uh, uh, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It goes deeper than we can even, like, 10 years from now, I think we're going to look back on what we're talking about and be like, oh, yeah, they only scratched the surface. Like, there was so much more than that. But there really is. I'm. The, it's crazy. The thing about researching this case is that it got overwhelming. Um, I try, I try to take notes and do specifics, you know, for the episode so that the listeners don't have to do a bunch of reading. But in this case, there were so many victims over so many years. It was really hard to uh, 
learn the specifics of each case, it all starts to blur together. Just this like sea of people being fondled. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your brain around 30 years of crimes <laughs> in like two days of research or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, well, is there yeah. anything else we should end, uh, we should say before ending other than like, fuck this guy? Uh, that we both love life and we love living and we have no current ideations of, um, suicide or anything like that. And also, uh, this is Rob Love speaking, Mr. Spacey, uh, that's Sydney DeLorean over there. This is Rob Love. I just, I'm a huge fan of your work. A huge fan a huge huge fan you're so good in so many of your movies please please don't kill me you're so good at being an actor and acting like you are not a predator um one of the best actors he's one of the best actors one of the best actors at pretending to not be a monster um (laughs) but i do love life and um, not considering suicide or walking into traffic or engaging in any sort of dangerous risk-taking behavior. So um, correct. with that yes. said, I guess everyone have a happy hump day. Have a happy hump day, everybody else.